0: Just uh, fantastic. I. I cross I their hearts mean, and pray. They cross their swords no need to be shy off with them. <laughs> no. I think it's absolutely terrific. Concerning Mr. Hancock and uh, and and. Uh... The CCTV and so forth. Yeah, you've seen it all before, haven't you? I mean. And, you know, that happened because I fell in love with somebody. Give you a little massage first, that'll relax you. all, nothing at all. Oh, oh, yes, I like that, I like that. Beautiful, beautiful. I think it's absolutely terrific. Well, you know, we've got through it, haven't we? Hope, you know, and uh, now coming out the other side. Keep Oh uh, oh you're much more relaxed now, are you? Oh, oh yes, yes, Thank you, thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. There we go, fist bump. <laughs> Hello there my incredible igloos, it's Chappie your British butler, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese has emerged from a frosty, cold, frigid, snowy night. On the other side, a bright, frosty, but clear day. No crampons required today, there's enough snow and ice, but uh, it's just a dusting, it's just like a light dusting on top of a rather delicious cake. All of the roofs are snow capped. But uh, you can get around at least, that's the main thing. I don't have to slap, you know, slap on the crampons on my Wellington boots or anything along those lines. It's marvellous uh, to be here again as we have got past Halloween and now it's on to Christmas. Well, we do have Guy Fawkes Night in the UK, which uh, I used to love. You know, the bonfires, the smokiness, the guy and my favourite of all, crispy jacket potatoes in foil with those little wooden forks that looked like they were from medieval times. And you scooped out the buttery goodness out of the baked potato. And I was talking about this, but I'm never a fan of the fireworks. But I like the blazing fire, and I liked, uh, very much like the baked potatoes as well. But it's nearly, it's basically Christmas now. I'm just keeping, I'm just spotting. I'm just having a look-see around to see if there's any Christmas decorations up yet around Chappie Towers. I can't see anything yet, but I'm going to keep you abreast of any early Christmas. If anybody's doing Christmas and Crimbo early this year, you'll be the first to know about it. I mean, I'm not going to put anything up till December the 1st here. But uh, I, I, I double hot chocolate last night. So I've rediscovered my love of hot chocolate through the chocolate bombs. Oh, the bomb de dare. The delicious chocolate bombs. That, you know, I, I've i tried it before with lint balls. So I've put a couple of lint balls into a cup, hot milk on top. And, you know, those buggers will melt in your hands. But they don't melt even with hot water, molten hot water and hot milk. And they don't melt. So, that you know, the lint balls to make the hot chocolate doesn't work. But these, these special chocolate bombs. So it's Belgian chocolate in a beautiful uh, cylindrical... Uh, box and these chocolate orbs filled with marshmallow and uh, you, you know you pour the hot milk a little bit of hot water frothy hot milk and the baubles the chocolate orbs burst you hear them burst and they let out a cannon of marshmallows to the top of the cup now I doubled doubled up on that last night I am um, oh, great thing on Amazon Prime called Devil's Hour. No, you know, there's no, it's not, it's nothing like uh, The Exorcist. There's no exorcisms going on or anything along those lines. Um, but uh, it, it's sort of creepy. It's creepy and uh, it's very atmospheric and it's highly worth watching. But, uh, you know, double the chocolate bombs on it, really. And, and uh, it was my comfort In between the scenes, so I didn't have to lift up the cushion. I didn't have to place the cushion over my eyes or anything like that. But I had the chocolate bombs to comfort me and lead me through to the end of the program. I mean, I don't think the devil's going to come down to Georgia if you've got a chocolate bomb with marshmallows on the top. It's almost like garlic for a vampire or silver bullet for a werewolf. So the big news apparently in the UK is the new season of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I don't think I've ever watched this program because I've lived in the United States a while, but they've got a special guest contestant coming in, Matt Hancock, and it's very difficult to say. I, I want to. I, I follow the Twitter handle Matt uh, or Matt Mancock, which is, is, is there's a Twitter handle out there where there's uh, somebody impersonating. Former health secretary, but he's a surprise contestant in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Now, much maligned health minister, health minister during coronavirus, and uh, there's something a little bit Alan Partridge about him, there's something a little bit off about this guy. Um, But he's in the jungle, he's going to be uh, feasting on all sorts of uh, kangaroo testicles. I mean kangaroo testicles done all sorts of different ways i mean uh almost like his dumplings instead of fricassee they could be dickassee i mean he's gonna have it every which way and he's gonna have to do all the challenges he's gonna have to eat all the creepy crawlies and uh you know probably wash down with bat semen something something along those lines uh so that's the the latest and greatest and i'm actually i'm absolutely tempted to uh to watch it this year to see sort of what sort of train wreck I mean a lot often it's B-list celebrities I don't know why they don't have it in America B-list celebrities going on uh, in Australia it's the first time they've been back to Australia for a few they did it in Wales during lockdown I think but back to Australia and uh, all these B-list celebrities come together careers slightly washed up trying to get back into the big time and uh, Uh, I think Hancock's being paid uh, £400,000 or something, giving some of it away to charity. Uh, But it's going to be a feast for the eyes, quite literally a disgusting, hideous Halloween feast for the eyes uh, over the next few weeks. uh. So some of the things that we may or may not be discussing on the podcast today, we've already gone over the chocolate bomb, where... You pour a creamy hot liquid over this chocolate bomb. Uh, the milk dissolves the bomb, it explodes, giving out marshmallows. Delicious. Uh today though, the Leaf Van Repository. Now, anybody who listens to this podcast know I'm really against the sort of much maligned leaf blowers, but I think it's an absolute waste of time. You're blowing leaves around. Um, but I saw the most efficient leaf blowing operation and we'll be discussing that a little bit. The Thanksgiving chip or crisp. The Thanksgiving or chip. Tried it this week. It's delicious, but it rumbled around in the Bronx for no end of time. I cut my tongue on a piece of oatmeal this week. Do tacos, tacos, exist in the UK? I had a visitor appearing at the window the other day. We'll be talking about that um also i found a new yoga move Uh, it gets the blood flowing but also gets the temper flowing as well we'll be talking about that have you ever tried nude psychic readings and get tax advice at the same time uh i saw that on twitter (laughs) um i have an extra long deadly third toenail we'll be talking about that elton john is in uh, colorado today playing on his uh, farewell tour It's almost like the John Wayne farewell tour where he's had like four or five farewell tours and nothing can quite finish him off. But we're looking forward to that. But there was a time when Elton John and John Lennon met at the Nederland Ranch. Um, It's not the same ranch that Michael Jackson used to go to, um, but it is Nederland. And this was a place that during the 70s, I think the 70s and 80s they produced a lot of albums and Elton John I think produced four of their albums at Netherland. and I saw on Twitter in the week a mashed potato castle where the structural integrity all the structural strength was uh, produced by sausages or bangers absolutely fantastic as well Um, I continue my search for my uh, late grandmother Vera's Danish orange cake and I think I may have found something very, very similar. I don't know if you have recipes that your grandparents, great uncles, aunts, people in your past have made. And sadly, when they, they, when they pass, they take the recipes to the grave with them. And you're trying to sort of find them, replicate them. Uh, and it's very, it's very dish- difficult, but very nostalgic at the same time. And so that's a running order. And again, may or may not be talking a little bit more of Hancock as well, uh, because he seems to be a sort of fallen figure, uh, certainly a figure that one uh, can laugh at and tickles one's fancy to uh, make fun of. But when you realise that 1970 and 2022, 2022, is as far apart as 1970 and 1918, I think we're just going to need a minute, aren't we? so i've discovered i have the dirtiest microphone in show business and when i'm talking about show business probably like e or f list show business (laughs) you're going to call it that so i I don't know how to clean it as well all the spittles collected below here you know i hope this never goes into a museum because it's um firstly it's disgusting and secondly, could you be used to collect all my DNA? There's so much spittle on this thing. Oh, absolutely awful. So, Matt Hancock, I'm a celebrity viewer, say that he's going to become a toy. So that reigning I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, champ. Danny Miller has shared his verdict on verdict on Matt Hancock's participation in the new series. It was reported that the MP resigned as health secretary in 2021 after violating his own COVID regulations would be entering the Australian jungle for the new series. His participation was inadvertently confirmed by Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, whose official spokesman condemned Hancock's decision to join the reality show. In 2021, the public constantly selected DJ and the music producer Naughty Boy to take part in the Bush Tucker trials and Miller who plays Aaron Livesey in the ITV Soap uh, Brookside thinks Hancock will be in the same position I think he needs to just accept the facts that he's going to be everybody's toy this year I think regardless of how entertaining he is Hancock needs to accept that he's going to be put through hell I think the public are going to say this is what we're going to put you through and when we're done with it, we're just going to get rid of it. There's no doubt that the Americans are the, one of the most efficient nations on Earth. So leaf blowing. Everybody knows it's my chagrin. I see a bunch of leaf blowers they're blowing the leaves around. Nothing's being picked up. It makes it harder to rake. And then when the wind comes again, they're blown and strewn all over the place. So the other day, it was almost like a, uh, an elite team, a squad, You would have seen this in the uh, SAS. You'd see this in a sort of Navy SEALs. They were efficient. They were elite. They were fit. Five of them in a row with their leaf blowers, blowing these leaves into a huge pile. Somebody, you know, some people say too many cooks spoil the broth. Not when it comes to the leaves. I, I was still ridiculing them because I thought the wind would come back and blow the leaves all over the place. And then... In the distance, on the horizon, came chugging along a van. what's going on here? It's a normal white van. And as it came closer, it had sort of an elephant's trunk sticking out of it, which was the uh, you know the suction area, the suction valve. It was a huge van vacuum, and it started sucking at the leaves. So all of these leaves are going into the back of this van. I mean, it's it's a sort of tinderbox, I suppose. You never want to get a lighted match there or a lighted cigar near it. But all these leaves are here. I mean, it could be used for insulation. It could be used for bedding. If you're allergic to feathers, why not have your pillows stuffed with leaves? But what an efficient way. And I've never seen this before. And, and forgive me for my naivety or ignorance. But uh, this is something that... Uh, really and it made me think that the americans are the most efficient nation on earth they have a van a van leaf repository a van vacuum that comes along and collects up all of your fallen autumnal leaves and a survey was done recently on this podcast that we talk about cheese almost as much as we talk about tea so here's another cheese story for you a 30-year war over the naming of cannonbear is a rebound of the court's decision that allows a factory-made variety to continue claiming Norman heritage. Lactalis, an industrial dairy giant, won a suspension of the 2021 ruling that had banned it from using the words made in Normandy or any symbols of the providence of its labels because consumers could be fooled into believing they were buying the traditional cheese. Since 1992, local companies have fought a string of court battles to stop industrial producers who supply more than 90% of Camembert from associating themselves with the appellation label of authentic Camembert de Normandie, strict rules require that the soft cheese that was invented near the village of Camembert in 1791 be made from raw milk from the Norman cows. I mean, they're some old cows. If they, if those cows are still alive from the time that Harold got struck in the eye at the Battle of Hastings. That's some mature cheddar going on, and uh, I think it may be slightly on the turn, if you know what I'm saying. But 1791 made from raw milk from Norman cows that graze on local pastures, it must be uh, uh, hand ladled into molds and matured. Now, hand ladling that's quite an effort. I'm not very efficient. ...with the ladle, and there's a lot of spillage often. The industrial version from Normandy factories is made from machines from pasteurized milk from unidentified cows. Well, God forbid they're cows from Provence. They might be uh, stumbling around after one too many glasses of uh, red wine from the carafe at lunchtime. Lawyers for Lactalis, whose main brand president is the industry leader, told courts in the Loire town of Mayenne that stripping of all reference to Normandy from their cheese would benefit foreign rivals and accelerate a decline in Canenbares sales. Sales of the rival Langtot or Cur de Lyon uh, industrial brands dropped when they obeyed the order to remove references to Normandy. The French cheese world was shocked a year ago when Italian mozzarella overtook uh, Canenbares as French the French favourite soft cheese dealing a blow to one of the country's gastronomic emblems. Julia Bombardier, Lactalis' lawyer, told the court that the younger generations are consuming less camembert in contrast to mozzarella. Some of the country's gastronomic guardians are backing the real Canon cause. In 2018, a platoon of Michelin star chefs, including Michel Bras, Anne Sophie Pique, Michel, and César Trogoire, Warned that the traditional cheese was endangered, true Normandy cannon bear will be a luxury product reserved for the initiated, while mass consumers will have to put up with the uh, fake version made by industrial methods. This week's judges accepted an argument by lactaliser that cheeses had carried the coats of arms of Normandy and the fabric Normandy label before the creation of the appellation in 1992. They suspended the order to remove them which should been upheld this summer by an appeal court. I mean, this is this is what you just love about the French, don't they? There's a, there's a court battle. It's almost like the, there's a French cheese argument that goes to the Supreme Court. Now, any country that upholds cheese to such a high level and standard is uh, hats off or berets off in that sense. I nearly cried the other day, though, because I was about to... And again, foodies amongst you will think this is anathema. But I had a baguette, and I was putting some very, very mature cheddar. And I had half the baguette, and the next day I was thinking, God, I could do with it, a little bit of buttered baguette, a little bit of that uh, mature cheddar. Got the baguette, and it was a mouldy stick. Within a day, the baguette had gone mouldy. I sobbed. I saw this in the week. It's not quite tax season here, but almost in the U.S., nude psychic readings and tax advice so these are some of the uh, thoughts uh, related to that uh, advertisement am i nude or are they nude they're nude giving you tax advice then you're nude when the irs gets done with you well the horse whipping and everything else is there a special can you write off the nude psychic reading i guess she would be the person to ask or he you know, depending on your flavor of choice It must be the third nipple that gives us, gives her the power. IRS, sir, you didn't fill out the correct form. Me, the checks for the correct amount. Naked sister Maria said so. Damn it is. Why is H&R Block keep losing customers and will continue to do so until they change their rates? Do we really want to see our HR tax consultants in the nude? The nude psychic is predicting that when your wife finds out, You'll be getting divorced, so make sure you have a good tax shelter to avoid a huge payout. Honey, I'm going to be a little late. I'm just going over a couple of things with the accountant. Sir, I see you've exposed your W-4 form. The line of your palm is your tax line. Following all the way with my finger, it seems to indicate a stiff penalty this year. The best part about this place is you didn't even need to bring in the documents. They knew what your defend was. I mean, do they rub the orbs for psychic tax readings? No hidden assets there. So I get a number of curious glances and nodding winks about whether or not last year I ate the vegan stuffed cranberry faux turkey roll. I don't think it was a tofu turkey roll. Now, when I moved to New Chappie Towers, here in the parapet in the crow's nest, for some reason, it may be an altitude problem. The uh, the, the turkey roll disappeared. I mean, maybe it uh, maybe it disintegrated at the extreme altitude. I mean, tofu doesn't have the hardiness of uh, a turkey breast. All those proteins, uh, you know, DNA knitted together It can that can survive even heights. You know, people have had turkey meals and Thanksgiving meals at the high-altitude heights of the Himalayas. But the tofu turkey roll can't make it three, four, three floors up, so I don't know where it's gone. But going back to Trader Joe's items, there's the new turkey and stuffing potato chips. In case you haven't heard, Trader Joe's released a bunch of items for Thanksgiving, and in true Trader Joe fashion, there were some weird but delightful-sounding things, including a bag of chips that apparently tastes like turkey and stuffing. I don't know how we've missed it. Thanksgiving a couple of weeks away, you go over to the grocery store and you're looking for the Thanksgiving items. So the chips come in a $1.99 12 ounce bag, a bag that looks startlingly startlingly sparse and uh, not many chips in there. So what do the chips taste like? The real science is how the seasoning reveals itself. First you taste the turkey And then comes the stuffing. If you close your eyes, you'll swear you taste the creamy gravy, even the crunch. There's no turkey listed in ingredients on the back. There's starches like tapioca and proteins and torre yeast, so it could contribute to the turkey taste. Are they any good? They were so good, ultimately delicious. Tis the season for meat on your potato chips. They've had chicken flavoured crisps for years. Something that makes you think you're actually eating a roasted bird with some very convincing stuffing. The sage, thyme, celery, parsley, black pepper, and molasses all combined to make a truly delicious chip. Even though turkey might not be an ingredient in the back, they still taste great. And you can have a slight hint of turkey in there. But they'll have a great crisp and chip manufacturer. Once you pop, you just can't stop. Uh, yeah, if you have enough of these Thanksgiving chips, you'll be popping all afternoon, baby. So excited and giddy. Elton John is coming back to Colorado for one last time in Denver tonight. He's playing at the Ball Arena. So excited. I mean, Elton can still hammer out a tune. Marvellous. And then he's one of these people, he sort of um, reinvigorates himself every couple of years. He, reduced, uh, he released that album during lockdown. With all the latest modern artists, sort of reworking his songs, samples, Britney Spears, Dua Lipa, all of them. And he's reinvented and reinvigorated himself for a new modern audience. He is really Mr. Music Man, play me a tune. But he has a lot of history here in Colorado. Surprising. I mean, the Beatles played at Red Rocks in 1966. Elton John, this will be the 15th time he's played in Colorado but he's recorded a number of his albums up in netherland uh, north of boulder just north of denver in the 1970s top music and rock stars would a hole up in destination studios so they headed for caribou ranch near boulder county foothills hamlet of netherland colorado omer jim garicio best known as the Chicago producer, transformed the place into an opulent retreat for pop music's aristocracy. And the legendary recording complex gained additional prominence when Elton John recorded the gratefully titled Caribou. It's really luxurious, John raved. The only things you only have to get used to. It's so high up here, you keep gasping for breath all the time. Each of John's first seven studio albums had been made in Europe. The flamboyant star was always on the go was in the middle of another traumatic period during the rigours of his commitments. Although many of his early albums recorded quickly, the making of Caribou in the spring of 1974 was particularly stressful, squeezed into the smallest time frame yet. We were under the unbelievable pressure to finish the album in just over a week, because we had to go right to the tour of Japan and Australia and recorded Caribou in eight days, 14 tracks in all. Caribou topped the album chart on both sides of the Atlantic, remaining in the Billboard Top 200 album charts for over a year. It spawned John's fourth-selling, million-selling single Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. The emotional ballad became a classic. I thought it was the worst vocal of all time, John said. I hate it, so don't you dare put this on the album. John recorded several other classic albums at the Caribou Ranch, including Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy and the Rock of the Westies, which reached the number one spot in the charts in its first week. There were some great moments, like having Stevie Wonder drive me in a Jeep from the cabin to the studio. I think he set me up. He probably practiced it with somebody else. The funny thing was, I didn't pay any attention to it. A blind man driving me didn't faze me at all. And spending time with John Lennon doing Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, John had met Lennon for the first time in October 1973 in the Los Angeles studio where Lennon was recording his rock and roll album. The next year, John was in the New York studio doing backup vocal for John Lennon's Walls and Bridges album. And the result was a hit single, Whatever Gets You Through the Night. As John recalled, now I really wanted to do one of your songs as a single. Which one? Has anybody ever recorded Lucy in the Sky? John suggested Lennon stop in Colorado on his way back from the trip to California. The session took place at Caribou Ranch in July and Lennon's contribution as the reggae guitars on Dr. Winston's Oboogie. John's smash Philadelphia Freedom was inspired by one of the bouts of fan worship. The World Tennis League had started in 1974. We had the playoffs in Denver. Elton came as he'd been recording up in Caribou. He was all excited, saying, you've got to listen to this tape. It's a song I wrote for you. So he played a rough mix of Philadelphia Freedom. Philadelphia Freedom had the Gamble Huff style backbeat of the great OJs and MFSB records that came out of Philadelphia. In August 1975, Elton John joined the Rolling Stones on stage in Fort Collins, Colorado, dressed in a cowboy hat and a Los Angeles Dodgers windbreaker. He wanted to give the barbecue with the Stones, but after the show, the Stones turned down his offer. There's a wondrous thing of music. It's like sands through the hourglass, sands through your fingers. Different artists linked for a chain through the years, whether it be Stevie Wonder and Elton John, John Lennon and Elton John, when you hear them, You think about other artists, other artists that have passed on, and the legacy, the history, and the wonder of their performances. Workaholic humans may want to take a note. Even busy bees make time for play. Far from being mindless drones, a study suggests that bumblebees will take part in activities just for fun. The insects were given the chance to roll little wooden balls around, which they did voluntarily and repeatedly even though it wouldn't help them find food and mate or shelter. In other words, they seem to be playing. The researchers found that younger bees rolled more balls than older bees. Well, isn't that the case? You just need a a little bit of bee viagra. Pull back those wrinkles and get you starting playing again. They found that male bees played with their balls and rolled the balls for longer than females. Who do virtually all the work inside so the hive. I mean, it much, much in life, much in uh, bee life as in human life. The women do all the work, and the men just sit at home playing with the balls. Sammy Galpegia, PhD student at Queen's Mary University, who led the study, hopes that the work will result in people feeling more empathy for the bees and other insects. They approach and manipulate these toys again and again. Despite their little size and tiny brains, they are small robotic beings. They may actually experience some kind of positive emotional states even if it's rudimentary. One experiment involved 45 bumblebees placed one at a time in a small box. They were able to walk through a corridor to reach a source of sugar which they could feed on. There was a clear path down the middle of the corridor but on each side areas that contained a number of small wooden balls, each roughly the same size. The bees often decided to stop and play rather than making their way straight to the food with some rolling balls more than 100 times. We are producing ever-increasing amounts of evidence, backing up the need to do all we can to protect insects that are a million miles from their mindless, unfeeling creatures they're traditionally believed to be. I mean, Hancock should probably talk to the Queen Bee and, uh, you know, get a few hints on, uh, on on playing with balls, because that's all he's going to be doing in the jungle, isn't it? Having a ball. Here's one for all children who love picking their nose. A long-fingered lemur called the Aye-Aye. Aye-Aye, Captain! has been recorded inserting an extremely long digit up its nostrils and eating their contents, which scientists could say shed light on the evolution and health benefits of nose-picking. So far, 12 other primate species, including humans, have been documented picking a nose and eating the mucus. The scientists said that the findings published in the in the Journal of Zoology, shed some light on the functional role benefits of nose picking across all species, including humans. Anne-Claire Fabry, a scientific associate in the National History Museum in London, who was the lead author of the study, there are very little evidence about why we and other animals pick our nose. One study says that picking your nose can spread bacteria such as Streptococcus, uh, while others shows that people who eat their own snot have fewer dental cavities maybe that's what we need to do with British teeth. Just coat a load of mucus and bogeys all over the fillings and then you'll be perfectly fine. No gold teeth required. She filmed this animal at the Duke Lemur Center in North Carolina working on another topic related to better understanding grasping behavior in primates and ended up recording this video of an aye-aye picking its nose. Aye-aye, there'll be a bogey. I was really surprised by how far the finger went know that feeling i see that in the street quite quite often because the eye eyes middle finger quite <laughs> quite fortunately is rather elongated and was putting the whole length of the finger into its nasal cavity and wondered where the finger went it was also surprised to see a primate other than humans picking its nose and wondered how many other species pick their nose and why do they do it is it functionally relevant also known as the world's largest nocturnal primate, the lemur has rodent-like teeth and a specialised long, thin middle finger. Basically saying F you to all the other primates out there. Their aim was to reconstruct the position of the middle finger inside the nasal cavity. Findings suggest that the finger's is likely to descend all the way into the throat. Previous uh, scientific researchers suggest that there may be health benefits to eating the mucus, but the researchers believe that inserting one's own mucus may simply down... To it's texture, crunchiness and saltiness. I mean, I'm always a little bit worried that the I.I. Eye, eye, the lemur may put the fingernail up the wrong way and give itself a lobotomy. A couple of my favourite uh, headlines of the week here. Pampered beaver gets uh, too used to its own creature comforts. And welcome to Toy Boy Nation. And yes, the sex is excellent. Very British problems official. A fairly common conversation. Hello, my name is John. I received a letter asking you To ring to confirm a hospital appointment. What appointment? An appointment I have with you. Right. And you want to what? It says I have to confirm it. Well, it's already been confirmed. It's on the system. Yes, but it says I have to confirm it. Who says? Your letter. Is a letter specifically saying to confirm the appointment by ringing the number? Well, it's already confirmed before we send out the letter. I see. Cheerio. Oh, hello there. Have you got any evenings free in the near future? Sorry, now I go to bed in the evenings. Things Brits say when they're absolutely livid. What do you think you're doing? What's going on here? With all due respect, I beg your pardon. Can I help you? Now look here. I'll write a letter. I've just about had enough of this. Is there anybody I could speak to? It's so easy to get a nickname for the rest of your life in Britain. Get seen eating a hobnob once by your friends when you're eight, and your name is Hobnob John for the rest of your life. Tears of regards, warmest regards, very friendly, warm regards, friendly, best regards, niche, kind regards, the bestseller, regards, direct and professional, unless it's used to be kind regards, in which case, oh dear, RGDS, rare and strange. So there's an article in the Times last weekend. Welcome to Toy Boy Nation, and yes, the sex is excellent. More and more British women of all ages are dating much younger men, so beyond the obvious... What exactly is the attraction? After fairly extensive research, uh, it seems, by the writer, these are some of the points and what what she's learned so far. Number one, he'll be so dazzled. This is the older woman and the toy boy. He'll be so dazzled by your grown-up curves, your grown-up home, your grown-up job, and will fall hard and fast for you and your adult life. Number two, at first... You will say things to your friends, honestly he's tamed me, which is no better than an older man saying the latest hot young thing, honestly she's really mature for her age. Then you'll bin the disclaimers and decide it's better just to own the fact that a young man is into you. Number three, you will spend time in scuzzy flat shares with stoner flatmates while your well curated home with range cooker sits empty and unused. Number four, his friends will have discussed among th- themselves whether you look your age and you'll sense their observation. Number five, you're more likely to get Botox. Number six, washing so much as a single sock of his will make you feel like his mum. After he's come back from a festival, you'll teach him about stain removal. Number seven, you'll be quietly mortified when he sends you a drunken video of himself topless and downing pints with the lads while you're at a dinner party listening to your friends discussing breast pumping. And pampered beaver gets too used to his creature comforts, like many of his generations. Bobby the beaver craves human contact, enjoys having sandwiches brought to him, hopefully not fish paste, and regards cold running water with utmost suspicion. The trouble is, Bobby is a beaver adopted by a Latvian hunter. It <laughs> sounds like a movie, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> the Bobby the beaver discovered in the Latvian wilderness, or Hancock finding the Latvian beaver in the bush uh the beaver was still a baby and loved being reared with a sofa bed and a diet of white bread you don't want too many uh, oats and nuts and you know that's with the brown bread there's a bit too much going on isn't there for a beaver i'd imagine the beaver has become the face of national campaign urging latvians not to take home wild animals in their homes don't bring home your beaver bobby is a rough introduction to life shortly after he was born in march he had two siblings were orphaned uh, found in the lodge at a hunting park he started to check the burrows and there weren't any beavers in the burrows the adjustment to him at living in a human's home was not straightforward to get him moving sometimes we had to pick him up and feel him around a little bit and take him in the water or swim and get the beaver wet we're also trying to make him understand that he needs to move more actively and be an active beaver right now you just had to poke him all the time to get him to eat and move. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It's sort of been a uh, animal Elton John, um, Matt Hancock special today, hasn't it? Uh, if you like the podcast, you know, and it can be a tentative like, it can be where your finger's hovering over the button, but be decisive this Friday and like and subscribe to the podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Slacker Breaker, Pandora... You can also listen on Google Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music, almost everywhere. And uh, as you're sort of blow-drying your, your, your beaver, your Latvian beaver, after it uh, goes in the dam here, uh, you know, as you're, as you're blow-drying vigorously the hair on the beaver, you can hear keep and cauliflower cheese emanating from the beaver hair. If you like mu- music sort of interspersed between this dodgy innuendo, uh, then we have a Butler and Poi musical edition on Spotify. And this week, there's plenty of Elton, plenty of Elton John. There's a, a little bit of Winter Tales going on, some Solstice going on. Oh, of course, Benny and the Jets. Some autumnal Van Morrison, Philadelphia Freedom, the Bee Gees, uh, Elton and uh, John Lennon, whatever gets you through the night. And a little bit of Britney as well, a disco version of of her new tune with elton coming up next we have a poem measure of a man these battered hands are all your own this broken heart has turned to stone go hang your glory on the wall where it comes time when castles fall it's all that's left is shifting in the sand you're out of time you're out of place look at your face that's the measure of a man this coat that fits you glove these dirty streets you learn to love so welcome back my lost long lost friend You've been to hell and back again. God alone knows how you've crossed the span. Back on the beat, back to the start. Trust your heart, that's the measure of a man. It's the fire in his eyes, the lines in his hand. It's the things you understand, permanent ties from which you once ran. That's the measure of a man. You've come full circle. Now you're home without the gold, without the chrome. This is where you've been. You've got to lose, so you've got to win and rise above your troubles where you can. Now you can love, now you can lose, now you can choose. That's the measure of a man. It's the fire in the eyes, the lines in the hand, it's the things you understand. Permanent ties from which you once ran, that's the measure of a man. You've come full circle, now you've come home, without the gold, without the chrome, and this is where you've been. You've had to lose it so you can win, and rise above your troubles where you can. Now you can love, now you can lose, now you can choose. That's the measure of a man. As I look out here, the snow is penetrating the frostiness, and nearly all the snow is gone. But I will return before the end of the weekend with another edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Until next time, cheerio. One one are always ready. I think it's just uh, fantastic. I. I... Absolutely terrific. Concerning Mr Hancock and uh, and and uh, the CCTV and so forth. Yeah, you've seen it all before, haven't you? I mean And you know that happened because I fell in love with somebody. Give you a little message <laughs> first, yes. next to you. Not at all, nothing at all. Oh no. Oh, yes, oh, I like that. I like that. Beautiful. I, I think it's absolutely terrific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, close. you know, we've got through it, haven't we? Uh, you know, and uh, so now well, coming out the other Calves. side. Okay. Keep it going, keep it going. you're much more relaxed now. Thank you. Oh. oh, yes, yes. <Hoyas> thank you, thank you very much. Yes. Thank you, you. thank you. Yeah. There we go, fist bump. When <laughs> nice cup of tea and a slice of cake, Aunt Sally.